Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by Betsperts. Let's talk about Cleveland Brownies. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do one more pause, and we will do our final of 32 podcasts. No, we won't. Fuck, we have Wednesday. But can't come back from vacation like this. God damn it. Three, two, one. Welcome to the deep dive. Thanks for nothing, Browns. Um, you left us in just a friggin' mess of trying to figure out who, you know, how the NFL shape was going to look this season because of your acquisition of Deshaun Watson and then the ongoing drama about his suspension, which was my least favorite subplot of the entire offseason by margin. Um, but here we are now. Now we know. We know what the 2022 fabric is going to look like a little bit more carefully, what the future going forward looks like for the Cleveland Browns, and it is centered around a man who is conducting himself unprofessionally, to put it as politely as possible uh, in recent years, and uh, you know who we haven't seen play in a while, and uh, you know who doesn't really move the needle for me one way or the other in 2022 because of his unavailability in Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns sit third in terms of expected performance in the AFC North. And I think you have to acknowledge that that is only because outside of the quarterback position, this roster is absolutely stacked. They are loaded with talent to the tune of how in the world did you put this team together with, you know, in the salary cap era and also pay Deshaun Watson, all that money. Um, and while, yes, I will acknowledge there are holes in the receiver room, there are holes in the, you know, in portions of the secondary. <clears throat> this is still like from two to 53, like probably in the conversation with best rosters in the NFL. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Outside of uh, the quarterback spot. And yeah, if the craziness had ensued and the, we ended up in like court or something weird and Watson played the whole year, it should be like, fuck, this is a, this is one of our favorites from the AFC. They're very good. And it's been a, a shrewd front office as far as a lot of the moves. Again, we're going to say more nice things about the front office. Bit of a goofy year, but, I mean, we had the same thing you just said. Like, it was a very good roster outside of uh, Baker. And that wasn't all his fault. He was playing through some injuries. We saw some just subpar play because of you know, decision-making. I don't want to let the shoulder and the other injuries take all the credit. He made some bad decisions. Um, that's a theme, I guess, with the Cleveland quarterbacks, but like, just he was injured for chunks of the season. They were kind of in a blender with a tough schedule. Nobody really expected Cincinnati to pop off and be the team that they were, and then they played a bunch of other pretty tough teams. Like they Actually, they beat – they went one-on-one one against Cincy – they gave up a shitload to New England. I would have to go back and look at that box score, but you still had a pretty tough division. And like we talked about with, you know, with Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh was surprising-ish, especially if you had to play them late in the year when your season was kind of unraveling as it was, but you had to go to Green Bay. You had to play, like you said, Cincy twice. You got started off in Kansas City. I thought we had that game. I didn't have money line on that. I remember I had the Browns against the spread, and I'm like, oh, this is easy. They look so good. And then that ended up being a Oof. goddamn sweat. Big time sweat. Um, so th they ended up with that. They had to go 
the, the double of going to Minnesota and then going to the Chargers was rough. That game against the Chargers was electric, though. I think uh, like damn near 100 points in that one. And then, you know, they, they got their wins where they could, but it was a tough schedule and they had some injuries, a little bit of strife here and there, and maybe, I don't know, it just didn't seem like they – I hate to use stupid, you know, cliches like this but man the team just didn't seem like hungry like they were the year before <laughs> like two years ago it's like this team was excited to hey we're gonna do this we're we're a competitor in this division they went to the playoffs they hadn't done that ever it was like an exciting team and yeah last year was ugly at times really ugly at times and ended up missing the playoffs yeah <laughs> fucking no shows fucking fucking pittsburgh steelers made the playoffs yeah um the browns absolutely wrecked my futures portfolio last year uh, they were one of the teams that i was more bullish on heading into the season um that ultimately like again like that you brought that week one game they're a blocked punt away from winning that um the you know they they were out to a 15 to 3 lead in that one, uh, 22 to 10 going into halftime. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think without the special teams era, they probably are at least defending the lead at the end there. And they're a team that was set up well to defend the lead because they have the world's best, you know, scheme and rushing attack uh, in terms of the way that they were rostered. And they have a defense that could rush the passers. So it was like they, like, from a rubric standpoint, from an archetype standpoint, they were a team that looked absolutely like, a t- that, you know, they should have overachieved in terms of win-loss, and they just didn't, and it was all Baker. Um, and I don't, I'm not excusing at all the arm injury because I think you kind of pointed out something important, which was the team itself was not really performing. Every, you know, every portion was not performing up to the up to the level with Baker out there. Like, they just, they didn't really... You know, they didn't really come to play for the guy. Uh, and I, I'm not even really speculating on this regard. Case Keenum made two starts, went 2-0. Nick Mullins made a start and was extremely close to saving this team's playoff hopes down the home stretch. Like, the team just in general rallied around the other guys not Mayfield more than they played hard for him. And I think whatever was going on with his chemistry with the rest of this team in the locker room was not good. On top of the fact that I think if you had played a full season with Case Keenum or Nick Mullins as your quarterback, Browns probably go to the playoffs. They probably do. Because Mayfield's mistakes were just backbreakers. Just backbreakers. And Yeah. And that, that's yeah. funny. Like Ke- Keenum is that guy too. Keenum's the guy that takes a roster like this. And they they used to have a, a saying about Leroy Horde. Remember Leroy Horde? Yes. Running back, fullback, kind of. He was a running back, but he was a fucking fullback. I said, Leroy Horde, if you needed one yard, he'd get you three. If you needed five yards, he'd get you three. Like that <laughs> Case Keenum. Like, he wasn't going – this is a good roster. He wasn't going to win 14 games. Yeah. But he wasn't going to lose 14. Like, he was He was going to win just 10 games with this roster. He was – and, yeah, he did play for the Browns, too. He played for the Vikes, though. That's why – special place in my heart but like yeah case keenum maybe even mullins might have had 
half decent success of this team. There was a little bit of a, you know, the OBJ stuff ended up mm-hmm. kicking him to the curb. He found a, he, I mean, good for him. He and he landed in the right spot, I guess. But they kind of had a good. That's the other thing too. They kind of had a good draft. Yeah, like they added they added a couple of decent young defensive pieces. You're talking um, about Delpit. heading into last season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Delpit. Delpit was essentially like the the Kevin White joke, where it's like he's kind of a hey, this is a getting getting our first looks at this, and they added a few nice pieces to this defense, and it's just yeah, I, we're kind of at a loss here. I looked at this for a while this afternoon, and yeah, quarterback injuries are going to derail any team, but it still just felt like this team massively, massively yeah. underperformed. Uh, you know what's a good like you know the right lens to kind of look at them it is uh against the spread you want to guess what their uh record was against the spread last year andy oh well like six and eleven six and eleven exactly uh when they were favored three and seven um this team could not step up and give you a, a solid effort week in week out particularly from week 10 on uh, they had a stretch where they they lost against the spread five in a row from week 10 to week 14. Uh, that included eking out wins by three against the Lions and against the Sad Ravens, who had nobody. Um, they lost badly to New England. The Ravens and the Raiders nipped them to, you know, in, in too close uh, contests. They're just... They, the the good the bright spots on their schedule like in hindsight feel more like random and anomalous than the losses do you, does it does that make sense yeah and that's something too that maybe doesn't get talked about we bring this up with green bay it was problems all over the place on special teams but they also only made 72% of their field goals like, yeah. You're gonna lose close games if you miss thirty percent of your goddamn field goals too, and they weren't all just like long ones. You know they they missed between they made four out of ten from forty to forty nine yards as a team. It's not good. No, no. But, yeah, it's really Chase not. McLaughlin, fifteen of twenty one guys. It's funny he made everyone from fifty plus. Just couldn't make those forty yarders. Weird. Maybe they need to take some penalties, move them back a little, but. But yeah, um, circle like a really good game for them, like the week nine win at Cincinnati where they went in and, and punked the Bengals 41-16. And you're like, how did they do that? <laughs> like this team wasn't playing winning football at all. Like how do they bounce back from a 15-10 loss to the, the uh, Steelers where they were four and a half point favorites and then go to Cincinnati and do that as two and a half point dogs? It was, it was weird. Um, they underachieved dramatic it was like just, all do you remember that game yeah. it was like all like crazy madden touchdowns like that it was a long pick return and then oh god i have to pull up the roster who's the receiver of three names uh donovan D- or yeah dpj he had like a, a long one and then chubb rattled off a long one now i have this now I have the box score up very yeah very weird game. I'm trying to look at Baker's stats for that one. 14 yeah. of 21 and for 218 yards. Yeah. What and from guessed. there to show up the next week or to no show the next week and lose 45 well, just, to seven. That's the thing. 218 yards and your team scores 41 points. I suppose one was a special or a defensive touchdown, but still like you just, 
he never had uh, like Burrow had a good game if he didn't throw those two picks, I guess. But yeah, Cup, yeah, it was weird. A weird, a weird, a weird team to a weird team to reckon with all year long. Yeah, massive underachievement based on the timing for Mayfield in terms of where he was in his arc of trying to get that contract number two. It was the worst possible time to have a bad time. Uh, you know, it was the worst possible year for him to have a bad year. The pressure may have been a factor in some of his, you know, inability to kind of keep it together. Um, certainly felt like the team did not love playing with him for whatever reason. Uh, and certainly felt like, uh, you know, Cleveland overall 2021 was, a, it was just an extreme disappointment considering how talented this roster was. And I think that leads us right into then their decision-making in the off season, which was, look, we've tried it every which way here. We give up. We're going to just going to back the truck up for, uh, you know, for this very clearly well-documented pervert. And it's weird how that has gone down. Um, but you know, desperate, desperate times, I think is, you know, taking them in this direction. Um, but yeah, I guess when you step back, what are some of your kind of overarching over our, you know, overarching thoughts on their decision to tack into the, uh, quarterback, um, space by giving away future assets and backing up the Brinks truck for a guy who's a huge character question mark. If you look at the underlying stats and what he had to work with, like his ceiling is top five quarterback in the league. Yes. And those just don't come along. Like, again, we talked about this a little. Um, maybe during the middle of the summer, he said they probably had a meeting and said, like, hey, this guy is, you know, this guy is problematic. There's issues. We could be facing a big suspension. He might go to jail. I don't know. But from a business standpoint, if we take all that aside, when's the next time one of these guys is going to be available and we can get him? Like, it's it's such a long view kind of play. And again, it's funny how, I don't know, I'm, I, I hate to, like, rate things of egregiousness, but, man, people forget in a big hurry. They probably had this conversation too. Like, hey, remember remember those pictures that came out when Adrian Peterson beat his kid, or um, the term you know when Michael Vick got in trouble. There was a term floated around that they found on his compound called a rape stand, where they would put the female dogs so they could breed them because they were so mean. Like that shit was, you know, it was right in your face and it was really rough. And then it's like ten months later, nobody gives a shit. It's wild. Well, you know, with Vic's case, it was a little longer. He had to go to the clinic, but it's, you know, he comes back, he's playing for Philly and everyone loves Mike Vic again. It's like, Oh, look at that run. Like they probably had that conversation. Like It'll pass. Like shit like this just goes away. People love football and it's I don't know, sad reality of life. That sucks. But again, the, the opportunity cost compared to what they could get long-term for having a top quarterback, I don't know, probably worth it, which sucks in the grand scheme of how business works, but it's business and they did it. So now they're stuck with it. They got 11 games of uh, him sitting out and here we are sitting, trying to prognosticate this team with Jacoby Brissett, because that is what we're going to see. Mm -hmm. And again, when we were sitting here doing this in the summer, 
we were looking at, hey, they gave him a really easy first four games. Maybe it's a four-game suspension. That's not what we're looking at anymore. We have Jacoby Brissett all the way through September, all the way through October, and part of the way through November there. All of November, yeah. He's not back until... Yeah, all of November. Week 13. Week, yeah. Week 13 against at Houston, which is a funny little wrinkle too, but it turned into, all right, they can hang with, you know, Carolina, maybe get a win. Brissett can beat the Jets. Pittsburgh's not good. Atlanta's not good. And then you're back. And then all of a sudden this team is taking off. But now it's like, oh, now we get the Chargers game at Baltimore, Cincy, at Miami, at Buffalo, Tampa. Like there's a bunch of really tough games here and it's not so much of, Hey, Brissett wins three out of four or Brissett goes two and two. And then we write the ship. Now it's, what do we have in Jacoby Brissett? And I don't know your, your thoughts on him because we've seen him play a bunch. He started big chunks of seasons. Well, I got, I want to go back a a small step and talk about the Watson thing in one more context and, and just ask your opinion on this. So there are a lot of, quiet you know a lot of things that aren't said out loud about the way you decide to run a franchise you know yeah if you're like if, if you're if you were like you know what fuck it we're just gonna we're gonna scum it you know like we'll, we'll go get the we'll get the bad we'll get the bad guys on a discount that no one else wants like fuck it right like you've seen teams kind of tack into that in that direction before when they don't have another any other choice right we but we've never seen it on this scale and we've also never seen what happens when you have a locker room full of really talented guys and you know you go out and make this kind of move and put them on the spot now to answer questions about what it's like playing with this guy right like you're right that time has a tendency to erase a lot of this pretty quickly and certainly winning will change things drastically right like if watson comes in and you know the browns have a happy ending here and go five and one down the stretch and make a playoff run then everybody's like you know then all of a sudden this was like pure genius like market inefficiency like they got they got this guy and uh you know like once in a lifetime you were going to get a top five qb uh via trade and they did it you know and so it's 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 definitely to me a risky riskier strategy than I would have thought a team that has this many talented players in win now mode would have tried. Right. And because if it, because, because if it's not going great, if it's, if it doesn't, that's the thing that goes the other way and he looks like shit. Then then it's not just, Hey, you're going on the road and people are, you know, yelling shit at you from the stands, which I mean, that happens even if you're not a, likely criminal like the the opposing crowd's gonna yell at you but like at that sure. point the home crowd turns on you and you're no longer this hey we got this savior quarterback it's like no we paid all this money for this creep and he's not even good like it could it could go sideways in a hurry but it yeah, is funny and like, even just, i think about that a lot the the time the, i i don't know if it's the internet or what but like man the news cycle just moves so much faster like I, I and again I I don't want to compare it to anything of this nature, but man, when when like Columbine happened, that was such a big deal for months. And then nowadays, like where the news cycle moves so fast, like a school shooting is like 
people have forgotten about it in a day, it seems like. We're on to the next tragedy. Like everything just moves so quick nowadays, right? I, I really wonder where we're going to be at when he comes back for, with, from his suspension. All this other shit will have happened and we'll be sitting there and like, oh, what was, I don't even remember like, you know, what happened over the summer. I mean, people will remember. That's silly to say, but it's, yeah, but again, the context if, if he, will if immediately wins, be. No, no, this, this team is not going to be in contention for a one seed when he comes back they're going to be on the outside of the playoff picture looking in and the entire yeah. conversation will be about football and the browns and going to the playoffs and can he string together enough success down the stretch to take these guys to the playoffs and if so then this was a success and if not then a lot of veterans are going to be looking at each other in the locker room and like man i'm tired of we answered all these questions we got all this you know bullshit from our family friends and family and you know, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting paid like that. And it didn't even really work. Like there's this, this could go spoiled milk curdled quickly if it doesn't end with success. Really? Um, yeah. And, and, th and that's the, the biggest questions we can't answer here. We have no idea how these people feel about, like, I guarantee. And, you know, again, this is speaking into unanswerable questions. But I guarantee a player or two has heard about this from their wife. Like, of course they're not happy that this guy's on the team and again these players can't do anything they don't make personnel decisions but like they you know i'm, I'm sure there's been some conversations where like you're not hanging out with him after practice like you're not going to be in that guy's posse like it's it is it is maybe curious to see how this locker room reacts yeah again and winning winning yeah. cures all which is yeah and just the, the fact that the locker room curdled around mayfield i think the fact that there's a little bit of a precedent of turning on your quarterback is not a great bellwether. Or is that a yeah. reach? No. I mean, and there was some disagreement between him. You had the OBJ for a while with a little bit of he was a bit of a malcontent. I mean, he had some he had some big personality. Ultimately, he was very much right though. <laughs> yeah, that's to be fair. But uh, yeah, I don't know. We've we've spent a lot of time on this, and you know, I'm, I'm looking at the schedule, which there was so much that was off the board. It's not even a very good schedule for odds and things. I'm thinking about Jacoby. I'm thinking about the situations he's been in. He's never had a great running game. He's never had a really really great offensive line in front of him. Like this will be a really nice situation for him to land in, and he could play well. But like you said, right off the top of the podcast, Drew, and you hit on this bigly was they have a great roster this is a top defense they have a top-notch couple of pass rushers they have good secondary pieces they have good pieces all over on the defense the offensive line is good despite losing a major piece and they have two really good running backs they have receivers that are good they have a lot of pieces and there's a decent chance that you're wrong about Watson comes back and they're on the outside looking in. And, and by decent, I don't mean over 50%. Oh, you mean that you mean that they're in the mix for the playoffs when Watson? Yeah, I'm I'm saying I'm saying there's a it's a, I don't want to say non-zero, there's like a 20 or 25% chance that Brissett just hasn't gotten to play with a roster like this. Plays really well. And again, it's a tough schedule. It's a big ask, but they're they're in the mix, and then you end up with Watson back, 
And I think maybe the funniest outcome for this whole thing would be that happens. You have no choice but to go to Watson. You can't pay a guy $230 million and then say, well, Brissett's playing well. We're not going to switch. You don't switch jockeys mid-race. You bring Watson in, and his lack of prep and lack of practicing during a suspension, he just looks like fucking garbage, and they miss the playoffs because of him. That would be a city turning on him my god oh yeah. that would be the yeah. that would be the hilarious ending to this whole thing but well let's I mean, re let's read let's re uh evaluate that with weeks 13 14 15 in particular yeah because there is a because you beat houston let's face it like it doesn't no well, well what uh, watson's gonna be of a clear mind he's taking the field and he's just gonna be playing his ass off the first game back i mean it's it's at houston i i, I feel like the fans there will be nice to him right He'll have a hero, a hero's welcome. He's gonna no. get a hero's, uh, hero's welcome. So glad to see you again. I would wear earplugs. But yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a tough spot to come back in at Houston, which is a shitty team. Yes, it's a really, really bad roster. That's a tough ask. And then at Cincinnati, and you know, at Washington, at Pittsburgh, Baltimore. isn't the, the worst. Cincinnati, Baltimore, back to back are the tough ones. Like if you, if he stubs his toe at Houston because of the weirdness. And then they lose to Cincinnati, Baltimore, even if they're competitive in those games, but that's three straight L's with his first three starts. Then now, now, now we're talking like track, like the river's on fire. Like the people are at the stadium, you know, people, you know, Stefanski's job's probably in jeopardy. <laughs> really? You know, like there's, there's a, there's not going to be a way to tamp that down. Even well, the, and the thing down is the too against Saints, Washington, Pittsburgh doesn't solve that problem. I talk about 2020 Deshaun Watson. That's, you know, that's a long time ago at this point too. It's not just, oh, he missed getting reps in the preseason and he missed practice for 11 weeks. Fucker didn't play last year. Didn't really practice. God knows, I'm not sure what he was doing on the side for, you know, just staying in shape or staying in Well, I think we know what he was doing on the well, side. Geez, I know I walked right into that. <laughs> but staying, staying in game shape, staying sharp as far as being a football player, I have no idea. So, I mean, there's a, there's a decent chance you beat Houston, Washington, Pittsburgh, and then lose that middle stretch, Cincinnati, Baltimore, New Orleans. Three yeah. and three and fee feels like the modal outcome there, and you probably yeah. need. So that's like if you want to make the playoffs, you, you probably you need, need percent. You need percent having you in you, a decent spot at that point. Yeah, no, no. You need to you need to split Cincy Baltimore, and you need to win the other four games. He needs to go five and one as a starter to take this team to the playoffs. I think, but we'll get to that. Life with that with Jacoby is an interesting one, and I was asked. I was kind of put on the spot. Where do I, you know, like, where do you, you know, is Jacoby Brissett a bottom five quarterback starting week one? And for me, he is. It's kind of close, but I don't have a ton uh, of QBs that I can really put under him. Um, no, and I get it. There's there's not a lot of track or there's not a lot of track history for him to say, like, this could work out well, but. The the only way you can get him to a, a median quarterback in the league is throwing it up, keeping helping a benefit of the doubt and saying this is a really good roster. It's a really smart coaching staff and they've prepped him. Like his yeah. ceiling, his ceiling is middle of the pack. 
I think most okay, likely. Okay, so let me throw some names out, and you tell me. 20th, let me throw. I think twentieth is kind of where he ends up because there's let there's me... better quarterbacks, but they're on yeah. worse rosters. Uh that would that that part of it we'll get to, but just purely yeah. the QB. If you could swap, no, and, with I, other no, and that's where I'm starters. saying, like, yeah, uh, a roster can elevate a bad quarterback pretty quickly. Yeah, would you swap? Went to the AFC NFC title game, baby. That's true. Uh, would you swap? Here's I'm just going to go down the uh, the week one uh, rotation number here and ask you kind of toss ups, yay or nay. Would you swap for set four, Flacco slash Wilson? No, so just right? avoid Wilson. Flacco, would you swap no. him for Flacco? No, I don't. Know How about so. Mariota? Would you swap for Mariota? God, probably. I think yes. Uh, so that Mac Jones, close. Mac Jones, and Tua. Yes, yes. Tua, man, I'm Tua is such a hot button. I'm not even touching that one. Uh, no answer for Tua. Mac, maybe, probably yeah, yes. I think you're swapping them for both. Um, yeah. Trubisky. No. Uh, Trey Lance and Justin Fields, yes, yes. Just on potential upside. No, on Trey Lance. Oh God, okay. here's the adult dating site people. <laughs> Jalen Hurts, Jared Goff. Yes, yes. Yeah. Mills. No. No. Okay. Uh, Wentz. No. Okay. Um. Daniel Jones. No. And uh, Geno Smith. No. Yeah. Okay. So you're basically right there. Like bottom, like bottom five. Yeah. Bottom no, I, I have right been, like, as far as you put them on a neutral roster, 25th, yeah. 26th, probably fair. Okay. But with this um, roster, like you said, a bad quarterback. A oh, there's one I forgot. Quarterback on a good roster. Like he, his ceiling yeah. is cracking the top 20. There's one I forgot. Uh, Baker Mayfield. <laughs> oh, I mean, no, leave that. Leave we'll leave that one alone too. Well, they're playing week one. I don't know if you know that, Andy. Um, the uh, yeah, no, I think I, I now let's talk about elevating with what you have on this roster, particularly the strength of your team, which is your guards. <laughs> what your guards and your rushing, uh, run blocking, uh, as you have the two. You have two of the five best guards in football right now in Wyatt Teller and Joel Bitonio. Uh, and those guys still rock. And, you know, they're non-premium positions. You don't want that to be your strength, but they're great. Uh, Jack Conklin played through a lot of injuries last year, but he's great. Chedrick Wills looks like he's a, a you know, a budding potential at left tackle. Uh, and you're breaking in a new center in Ethan Pochich, who I know nothing about. Um, but doesn't really matter. The rest of those pieces around him, he can be replacement level or worse, and this is still a really, really, really good offensive line. Um, and as you mentioned, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, those guys are freaking awesome. And uh, you know, they draw attention, they demand respect from the defense, and they can be utilized in multiple ways. And Stefanski knows exactly all the right buttons to push. Um, so the chances that uh 
Brissett is given the opportunity to succeed because of plus EV play calling and sequencing, because of structural excellence in pass blocking and running, uh, I think has to be real. Like there, you know, you gotta think that we could see above average EPA per play type production out of him, considering the strength of the supporting cast. I think that's very real. We haven't even um, mentioned Amari Cooper. Well, that's that's the that's the problem is the wide receiver tight end situation here. David Njoku not, is a fine tight end. Deep. I'm not gonna not not yeah. really trying to build my team around David Njoku as a tight end. But <sighs> I don't know. Amari like Cooper, Donovan People Jones, piece. David Bell as your starting three, Anthony Schwartz, Michael Woods as your as your depth. Um, that's that's sus. <laughs> that's extremely suspect. Go out and get Mobbs um, new. They just, you just, they, that would upgrade them right. depth wise. Honestly, it's, um, not, it's not a bad depth piece, but yeah, they have, they have some depth issues at wide receiver. Like Mari Cooper's very, very good. Oh, and they got very him for good. a song. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good, good trade, but I don't know. Like it's, the rest uh, of these guys it's suck. A, it, it, it's, it's tough. And that's the thing too. Like it's not like Mari Cooper's never gotten hurt. You're very, very fragile wide receiver, and then you take away. It's like a three-legged stool that you're putting Kobe Brissett in. The wide receivers are an awful wobbly leg, and you pull that out, he's going to tip over, and this team's not even going to be sniffing the playoffs when Watson comes back. So that that's a bit of an issue. Although I will say, like, maybe they'll use maybe they'll use these running backs a little more in the passing game. They're not bad pass catching backs, but none of them are getting like 50 targets. You know, they spread it around. I guess if I'm looking at all the running backs as a whole, yeah. they got 70 as a whole between just the main yeah. three, 77 targets for 61 catches and like 500 yards in the touchdown. So maybe we see a little more of that. I think, but, I mean, and Joku's very good. I, I, I get that he's not a wide receiver, but. It's still a pretty nice piece. He can get like 50, 70 targets on his ass. And yeah. It's backwards. They have like, enough. This is same, just, in the same yeah, way. I mean, you're right. It's 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 fragile. Yeah, it's not it's fragile and it's backward. It's constructed backwards, right? It's the same yeah. way, like you don't really want to guard a premium position. You don't want your two best players to be guards. Uh you don't want your you know, your your running back room to be top five in the NFL in terms of passing uh, contributions, your tight ends like middling and your wide receivers, bottom five, like that's backwards. <laughs> like you're, you're anti Cincy <laughs> really. Um, and yeah, Amari Cooper is a huge question mark for me other than the price you paid to get him, which I applaud the Cleveland Browns for. I don't know that I'm expecting him to be able to be a magnetic force out there that's drawing so much attention in the passing in, a, in an obvious passing situation. I don't think he's drawing so much attention that that opens things up for these other guys who aren't going to be able to create separation like Donovan Peoples Jones and Anthony Schwartz. And I have no idea what to expect out of all these new, out of these kids. David Bell was a Bolitnikoff winner, right? Uh, maybe he's got a surprise for us in the slot, but he is so small. Doesn't have an NFL body yet. So he may not be able to give you much. And I think, that presents a problem if you are losing. If you're down in the game, I don't know how I don't know what the comeback plan is. 
I really don't. You're rostered really, really, really well to play with the lead, and you're rostered really, really, really poorly to come back. Yeah. Yeah, having a good run game isn't what gets you back in a game. So, like, that's where I'm just stuck on the – and I put this on the sidebar here, realistic expectations. Like, again, we, we – we, you know, we give you some of these things as, and I, I you know, because we do sports betting, we talk a lot of sports betting on the show. I don't know if you're heard, but we put some of this to you as a parlay. Like, how does this team play well? And the parlay is none of the receivers get hurt. The new center, which I, I looked up the center. He's, he's just been injured like a lot. He's been on the IR a ton when he was with Seattle. Like he graded out well out of college, just hasn't had a lot of uh, chances to prove himself yet. And you have good, you have good tackles. It's not like these are bad tackles, but yeah, your guards are studs. So you can have a really good offensive line, which again, you need them to stay healthy. So the parlay is Brissett plays the best football he's ever played. The wide receivers stay healthy. And you get a few of these coin flip wins for the first 11 weeks. And then a guy who hasn't played football in 18 months seamlessly finds his way into a new offense mid season without the benefit of, you know, a real camp preseason practice throughout the season wins. I don't know, probably got to win four. Uh, four of the final six, four of the final six are on the road. So, I mean, it's it's just so many things have to click right for this team. It really, really feels like a 2023 kind of team. Like, we, we say this a lot with teams that are like, oh, man, this team could win eight games, and that would suck for them because they really, really could use a quarterback. Like, we, you know, going back to, like, Atlanta or some of these teams, where it's like, man, if you if you tanked, you have – enough pieces where a couple free agents here and a high draft pick at quarterback there. And all of a sudden you're, you're on the road to being a, a trendy team in a year or two. This is another one where it's not like, man, this team is going to suck ass and they should embrace it. But boy, would this, would this team benefit from having like a top 15 pick? <laughs> like, it, I don't, I don't know if this team can compete with that, uh, that situation, especially in the a tough AFC, end up, you know. So here's and here's the other thing too. Cincinnati, unless you believe in big regression, is probably going to be a good team again. Baltimore was a good team who had a million injuries. You're in a really tough division as well. So let's say everything goes right. Your proud your path to winning and going to the playoffs is probably a wild card team which means your season into the playoffs leads to at Washington, at Pittsburgh, at whichever division winner you get. Like three straight road games into yeah. the playoffs. That's never a recipe for success either. Mm-hmm. So many things going against this team. Um, John Lennon you wrote could, a song about that. Yeah, you could be a spoiler if you can get in as a 6-7 seed. Yeah. And and that's the thing, like, if Watson shows no signs of rest and, you know, he's back, he's back and, you know, those last six games, he shows, he shows up well, he beats the shit out of a bad Houston team, maybe they sneak one past Cincinnati, 
Oh God, winning winning two out of three Cincinnati, Baltimore, New Orleans feels like a necessity, and then also probably winning those last two road games. Like it's just they're not going to be in a position where oh Brissett, no. you know Brissett no. built this big lead for you. All you have to do is show up and kind of half-ass it. Like he really has to pop back and and play like a guy who hasn't missed eighteen hours, eighteen hours, eighteen months of football coming into a new system. It's it's all duckies and bunnies when you look at this is Watson's ceiling, but the situation just isn't good for this team. So. No, like real no. realistically, it's a middling team, and it honestly, I'm fine with that. I'm not excited about this team in the playoffs from a watching standpoint. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd rather see a multitude of other AFC teams compete for the six or seven spot. I think it'd be a better oh, sure. game. Sure, I mean, you know, you can get you get a good game out of the Browns if they're a wild card, but at least an entertaining game, I would say. But yeah, this is it. the the fact that you can only really play one way, which is with the lead, is a problem. Um, and in a tough AFC where you have so many offenses that are going to be able to put points on you, even if your defense surprises to the good, um, you're going to need some ability to come back in in uh, in narrow margin games. And I just don't see them having that with the way it's rostered, even with Watson on the field. So. Uh, ultimately, I don't think they're in the, you know, they're not in the discussion uh, about the overall fabric of how the championship is decided this year. I don't think. Let's look at the schedule, no. though. <laughs> I love the schedule grid. <laughs> a, lot, a lot off the board here. A lot um, of off the board, and I mean, you can and you some can... serious market movement in that week one game where Carolina is now two and a half point favorites. Uh, that has been one way action for months now. Um, and I, I guess people are excited about Baker Mayfield down there. Uh, I'm not seeing it, but uh, that's an yeah, that, interesting matchup. Odd. Yeah. Well, Lavishka Chenault now. Yeah. So, yeah. Carolina gets to three. I might have to play this. <laughs> not going to feel like a good one, but boy. Yeah, 100%. I'm not, yes. sure, I'm not sure my numbers can support Baker no, Mayfield no, no, as a three no, point no, favorite. No, 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 no. He didn't even get a full, you know, he's not going to get the full complement of camp either. Um, mm-hmm. the, yeah, the lines that we do have that. I the agree. Jets, the Jets game, I don't know. That probably feels pretty fair. We just shit on Pittsburgh plenty. Atlanta's bad. The Chargers, I'm, I'm getting, what would you have that? At home versus the Chargers. Oh, LA minus three and a half. Three and a half. New England uh, at home. Yeah, minus one. Plus one and a half. Okay. All right. At that point, it might be less because I'm not super high in New England. Yeah, I don't know what to say about Uh, it. At Baltimore. Really? Yeah. You're a decent dog. Yeah. Really, 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 really soft. Really soft schedule to start. It it is. It is not. It's not terrible to start, but then that. Boy, that like when you do get Watson right right before you get Watson back too, you might be looking at a three game losing streak. Bang, bang, if, bang. Yeah. Yeah. If Miami is, you know, if we see anything out of Tua, that's a tough game at Miami, at Buffalo, and then Tampa. So bang, 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 and then you get Watson back. So Yeah, I think it's realistically tough. you're going into your buy at five hundred or a little above, and you're coming out of your buy with oh, at best one and two uh, at which point you're 500 
through 11 games and you have six remaining and you have to go, I think five and one realistically uh, to, to make a playoff run at that point. Um, Yeah. I think you're going to have to really overachieve through the first half of the season in order to, uh, to have less pressure on your new starting quarterback when he comes back to play week 13. Yeah, in the, in the scenario That's... where like Brissett puts you in a good position, you've beaten Carolina on the road. You've took care of the Jets, Pittsburgh, Atlanta. You've beaten New England. Maybe you even stole the Cincinnati game at home. Like you have to have a lot of that stuff going right, and then yeah, really tough stretch coming out of the bye. You have the rest advantage, but it's a a trip down to Miami, and then at Buffalo is. I mean, what are they? Touchdown. Seven and a half. Yeah, I put a TD right now. Well, it might be a lot different depending on that team looks at that point. It's in and Buffalo. Then, That's got to be at least seven and a half. Yeah, coming off the back to back, too, probably seven and a half, eight. So, yeah. you imagine and if they lose to Miami. Home versus Tampa, you're probably four and a half, assuming Tampa's re- relatively healthy coming off their bye. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you have no margin for error in those first two games with Watson at Houston at Cincy. No margin for error. Yeah, and it's just, it's just really hard to make a case for, hey, this defense is really good, and that's going to carry them. Because that just yeah, means you're, right. winning, you're winning a bunch of close games. And if those close, if they're close games and you're behind late, again, you're not mm-hmm. set up to – you're not set up as a comeback team. You're a good running team with a good defense. That's a team that plays well with a three-point lead late, not with a three-point deficit. So, yeah, and exactly. and as yeah, Johnny points out, and I think we talked about this a little. Like Watson can't practice with the team, like just coming in fucking cold. Like that's that might not be great. As good as sure I think he is, as good as I think he can be, it's 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 a big ask. So. Ooh, Bedin Kashin going five. Look at that. I'm going to watch some tennis tonight when I get home. So, Sissipas has saved like 10 match points in million this match points. in this service game. Um, the uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't really get excited about any of these prices 30 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. I think I'm closer to 40, 45, 21 to win the AFC. As mentioned, super tough to see them go road road to finish the season and then win three road games if they haven't won the AFC North. Um, so forget about AFC at twenty one to one to win the AFC North plus three seventy is an interesting one because again, with Watson surely as the QB, the margin between them and the other two in this division, the Bengals and the Ravens, is probably not that big and ball bounces their way in those two late games and they win both and they finish six and L this team's probably winning the North. If they finish three and three, which you mentioned was the modal expectation, then they're not making the playoffs. And so, uh, interesting kind of price point there through plus three seventy, but not enough to get me inspired. And then to make the playoffs. Yes. Plus one thirty eight. No is minus one seventy. That is almost exactly where I am in terms of price for this. And then regular season win total over eight and a half is plus 135. Under eight and a half is minus 160. Between playoffs, yes, plus 138. And over eight and a half, plus 135, Andy. 
Do you see an obvious mispriced yeah. there? I would play just over play the half. over eight and a half. <laughs> yeah. Like, Nine a, might not get you into the playoffs a, in the AFC. Might. There's a lot of there's a lot of scenarios yeah. where it doesn't get you. There's a lot of scenarios where you finish tied for fourth in the division. You and the Steelers both have nine wins. You know, if the Steelers overperform, like that's probably Steelers ceiling is like seven, eight, nine. So yeah, nine, nine wins is probably third in the division. And there's a couple other divisions. I think we might see uh, wild cards coming out of. So yeah, that's a bit of a silly price. I think. Yep. We agree. Um, Betting plan of attack, I think is pretty clear here uh well that, and that i was just gonna bring that up too is that price on over uh, plus 138 to make the playoffs those are markets that nowadays are not just up preseason. that's the stuff that's up all year long between you know they take it down on sundays put it back up on monday or tuesday maybe right before watson comes back that number is probably bigger or you know right after that that rough stretch of games depending what other teams are doing. Maybe it's a team to evaluate mid-season, look at some of the prices for that. If you think it's going to work out, I'm probably out on that. Hmm. So there's, I think this is a team that you back and feel good about it when they're going up against a team that has a bottom half of the league offense and or bottom half of the league quarterback. And they have some weakness on the defense like a not a complete defense right because that kind of team this browns squad can get a lead on and then can put that lead away so i do think that there is a kind of a a puzzle piece fits the right hole in terms of who you want to get involved with if it's at or around a pick them jets certainly in the conversation yeah like you said it's a front it's a front runner panthers front running kind of guys are going to be great front running yeah yeah, they're going to win second half team four, first four here, probably. With a lead against, a, like, if Baker looks bad, the receivers aren't on the same page, it's a close game at half. Cleveland's second half, maybe a look price dependent. Like, they are a front running team. <laughs> like, a, a three point lead is a lot bigger with the Cleveland Browns than it is with some teams. And I, I absolutely I think, they, I think they might win this first game. Uh, I yeah. just am not, I'm not sold on the Baker Mayfield experience. So no. I don't know. That's kind of a, it's probably one of the most bet games in week one over the summer. And it's like the one I want to watch the least. Oh, I'm not excited about that one at all. No. And then, yeah, Johnny says the Tampa Bay game, not a good matchup for them. If Tampa Bay's offensive line gets their shit together, not everyone oof. turns out to be missing oof, the whole season. Oof, oof, and oof. it's not looking like that's the case, but yeah. I'm team, laying, that, laying, that, laying the road chalk there happily. That is, uh, that is to say a team with an offensive line slash scheme that can take this, this pass rush out of the equation and has mm-hmm. receivers they can hit, especially with quick stuff. Mm-hmm. Not a great matchup. And then again, that kind of team with a lead, especially with a good defense, good linebackers that can stop the run. Like that's a that's a nightmare matchup for a team like this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a healthy Tampa Bay team is probably Bad. undervalued at whatever they open at. Bad news. Bad news for you. Um yeah, I mean. Yeah, I think Cincinnati matches up against you pretty well also. You don't have the speed for their wide receiver group. 
you don't have the uh, um you know they the advantage you had of your o line versus their your d line versus their o line is diminished um so you can't just create havoc with your pass rush anymore um yeah i mean i think it's, it's it, there's the matchups against the ravens are somewhat suspect as well um lamar jackson's speed looks to be a problem i'm excited i'm defense. excited to talk ravens later in the week it felt like, just, like we lost a whole season of the ravens we did. i'm not even going to talk 2021 we're all we're only going to talk 2020 ravens when we get there so i like it okay well um all right we got not not a lot of betting plan of attack since you know not a lot of uh, uh strong opinions there but this is uh uh it's the team we're gonna have some tough decisions on week in, week out, backing, backing, or fading. Yeah, tricky team, tricky team to evaluate, and we'll see. But feels like a, an uphill battle with all the things that they need to overcome to try to make the playoffs in the AFC. So, yeah, that's why they were a Monday team. And uh, as we get, hey, you know what else? The- if they overachieve this year, I'm not gonna be salty at all. I'm going to be exceptionally annoyed. <laughs> I'm going to be so pissed if they overachieve this year after doing me dirty last year the way that they did. So, um, yeah, if Jacoby Brissett is giving them, if if Jacoby Brissett is doing what Case Keenum could have done for them last year when I was belly aching that they needed to bench Baker, uh, it's going to be tough for me to get over. So that should be fun. That'll be a fun side plot to the season. Yeah. So all right, one more of these. We will do. I love it, man. The grand finale. The grand finale. Our Ravens and our Bengals. They weren't our Bengals last year, but I'm excited about this team again this year. So catch you Wednesday if you're in the YouTube chat. Hit the thumbs up like Mickey Hill just did, except not in comment form. Actually hit the thumbs up button. Thanks for joining us, everyone, except for nude-hd.xyz, the best adult dating site. Sick of that guy. So for me put him and Drew, out. put them in timeout. Yeah. Put them in timeout, Dan. There we go. There we go. <laughs> See you guys.